So hello and welcome to episode 205 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. I am so happy that you have joined me today and we are going to be diving into a conversation all around anxiety. If you are anything like me or the humans that I work with, anxiety is probably not a foreign concept to you at all, but we are going to dive into talking about some body-mind techniques for managing anxiety and why that body-mind approach is so important. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practice in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. All right. So today's episode is coming to you off the back of the masterclass that I did inside the Self-Kind Hub this week. So if you don't know what the Self-Kind Hub is, that's my online membership. And it's where I share lots of mindful movement classes, as well as these masterclasses that we do every month around different mind body topics. And this month we dove into the topic of anxiety. And we talked about a lot of what we're going to talk about today around some of these body mind approaches that we can take to help manage feelings of anxiety. So what I wanted to do is kind of pull out a couple of those main points that we talked about in the masterclass. If you love what I'm sharing here and you're like, I want to know more, um, those, that masterclass is recorded and put into the self kind hub. So you just need to be a member to access it. Super simple to sign up. I'll pop the details into the show notes, but today's episode is going to give you heaps of really useful information, um, as well. So we will dive into that. Before we go too far though, I do want to tell you about my new free five-day challenge. I like wondered about whether I wanted to use the word challenge, but I couldn't come up with anything that was clearer and kind of got my point across. So we're using the word challenge for this one, even though um, I don't love it. But we are diving into a five-day program experience called Unlocking Shoulder Tension. And it's a completely free program that I am running at the end of this month. So at the end of May, we kick off on the 26th of May, we wrap up on the 30th of May, and that's going to involve five days of videos that get sent straight to your inbox, as well as a live Q&A call towards the end of that period. And it's really going to be about sharing these body-mind techniques with you in really simple, easy to digest, easy to execute ways to help you release shoulder tension. Shoulder tension is a really good example of something that is body-mind related. Our thoughts absolutely influence how we feel and how we feel absolutely influences what we think about and how we think. And so this challenge, this five-day challenge is going to address both sides. So I'm going to pop the link to the show notes for how you can sign up for that. But if you are somewhere where you can like type it into your computer now, it's just ericaweb.com.au forward slash shoulders, and you can join us for free. All right. So let's get into today's topic all about anxiety. We, like I said, probably all know what anxiety is, what it feels like and how much we do not enjoy it. I have a very rich history with anxiety myself and am no stranger to it at all. What we often think about anxiety being is this sense of worry, right? This sort of sense of like, 
creeping kind of worry that may or may not have an identifiable cause. So we might sort of describe ourselves as like, oh, I'm really anxious about this work meeting that's coming up tomorrow and having to like talk to my boss about blah, blah, blah. We might explain that as anxiety. But we might also feel like just a sense of like, oh, I just always feel a bit on edge. I always feel a bit wound up. I always feel kind of ready to fight or flight. And we would describe that as anxiety as well. And it can be particularly distressing when we don't really know what the cause is, right? So if we're worried about a work presentation, um, at least we kind of know what the cause of that is. Um, But when it feels a little less clear, that can be really tricky. The stuff that I'm going to share today will help with both of those scenarios. However, if you are experiencing anxiety that is interfering with your ability to live your life, in the way that you want to, please know that you can absolutely reach out for additional support, whether that be calling an organization like Beyond Blue, I'll pop their details in the show notes, um, or reaching out for one-on-one counseling sessions with me or any other therapist. Um, You know, it's one of those things that is so, so worth getting support with. Anxiety is a really good example of what I just was talking about around how we think impacts how we feel, how we feel impacts how we think. And anxiety can create this fairly vicious loop, right? We're having anxious thoughts and feelings and those feelings make us worried that like there's something to be worried about. And so we start to worry about that. And so it can be this very cyclical, very tricky thing to kind of feel like we can extract ourselves from the mental processes of anxiety affect how we feel in our body and the physical kind of um, expression of anxiety affects how we think. And so that is why we really want to take this mind-body approach. So I want to share four sort of key things with you in today's episode. And these are in no particular order. (laughs) So the first thing we're going to talk about is identity and language when it comes to talking about anxiety. So absolutely, we want to be talking about anxiety, right? We want to be talking about our experiences, um, decreasing the stigma, decreasing the shame. What we really want to talk about here though today around talking and language and um, how we talk about anxiety is in relation to how it impacts our identity. So I'm going to use a personal example here. There were a, there was a period of time in my life, a, a very long period of time, years and years and years, where anxiety was my norm. I just felt anxious pretty much all of the time. I only recognized the absence of anxiety uh, because it was such a surprise, right? It's like, oh, I don't actually feel anxious in this moment. That is interesting. And the result of that was that I started to describe myself internally and externally as an anxious person. I started to wrap anxiety into my identity of myself. And that can be kind of problematic because we will constantly live aligned with how we identify ourselves. That's We've talked about this before on the podcast around maintaining self-care, kindness, movement habits. If we identify as somebody who does that, oh, I look, I'm really good at looking after myself or I'm uh, the kind of person who exercises or I'm the kind of person who blah, 
it's easier to carry out those activities. And the same thing here, if I'm describing myself as an anxious person, if anxiety has become a a defining part of me in my language towards myself and out in the world, it gets harder to untangle ourselves from it because we want to always be living out our identity. And so I want to give you a really simple reframe or a really simple language tweak that you can use here. The next time that you hear yourself, either internally or out in the world, describing yourself and what you're experiencing as being anxiety, of having anxiety, a really simple shift is to describe it instead as, as I am experiencing feelings of anxiety. I am having feelings of anxiety. I am having anxious thoughts. And what that does is it just creates a little bit of space between like who I am and how I feel. Our feelings are not who we are, right? Just like, you know, you will hear people describe themselves as happy people. You will hear people describe themselves as sort of depressed people. You will hear people describe themselves as hyperactive or excitable or um, moody or grumpy and all this sort of stuff. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount of value in that when it doesn't lend itself to the reality of our very um, changeable state as humans, right? We're all of those things in various levels at various times. And so having this ability to just get a little bit of space and be like, I am experiencing feelings of anxiety. It's not who I am, but it is my current experience, I think holds so much power. And it's sort of simple, but not necessarily easy because that way that we talk to ourselves can become very habitual, right? It just sort of happens on repeat. It happens without our conscious awareness. So we have to be a little bit aware of like what's going on so that we can interrupt and be like, hang on. No, I am not an anxious person. I am having anxious feelings. So the second tip uh, or the second point here on my list is to identify what your signs of safety are internally and in the world. So we talk about this often, but we always want to remember that our brain is a threat scanning machine. A little bit like when you go to the airport, right? And they're scanning your stuff, they're scanning your body, they're scanning the bags, they're looking for um, signs of threat, right? And that is what our brain is doing as well. It's scanning our environment, it's scanning our inner state, it's scanning um like even our thoughts and and all of that to identify, is there something that I should be concerned about here? Is there something that threatens my safety? And anxiety is a sign, I suppose, or a symptom of us feeling somewhat unsafe or uncertain or unsure. And so, the other thing that it does too is that when we're when we're experiencing these feelings of anxiety, as we talked about before, they kind of loop back on themselves. So the physical expression of that anxiety, of like the beating heart and uh, the racing thoughts and the churning tummy and all of those things that can happen, they become signals that we're like, oh, something's wrong, right? So it's this sort of like feedback loop that can feel um, very like like a small enclosed room, right? It can feel kind of claustrophobic. 
So we want to be aware of in our life, what are the signs, what are the things that help us to feel safe? And I use that word safe and wish that I could think of a different one um, because the thing is that we might not actually be in danger, right? We might not actually be in any danger in the sense of like there's no tiger running up to to bite your heels. Um, at the same time, though, there might be things that feel properly threatening, right? Um, and there's no shortage of that in our world where there is just worry for things that could go wrong, worry for things that we don't know how to control. And so having anchors of safety is really, really important, really valuable. One of the things that I mentioned in the masterclass yesterday seems a little bit sort of uh, whimsical, I suppose. But one of the things that I pointed out, and I'm not wearing anything very fun today, but I often wear very fun, bright clothing. Uh, my leggings are actually quite bright today, but my my top half is very, very grey. Um, and that, for me, is one of these one of these signs of joy, safety, comfort in the world. And there may be lots of different things that you can think of here, but my movement practice is a sign of safety. My breath, you know, my ability to breathe consciously is a sign of safety. Being able to feel the support of the earth under my feet, the chair under my bum, they are signs of safety. There are certain people in my life who, when I speak to them, support me to feel more confident. They're, you know, whether it be my partner, my therapist, my sister, my friends, there are people who help me to feel that way. Knowing what brings you joy, knowing what allows you to feel more comfortable in your body and in your space. These are really important things. The other thing that I want to say at this point is that so often when we are experiencing discomfort, what we really want is like, a magic wand, just to magic it all away. And this is reflected in the way that we're sold solutions to our problems. I reached out um, amongst other business owners recently to ask for some ideas around language for the um, Unlocking Shoulder Tension program that I spoke about before. And the advice that is often given, and this is not to to blame, shame, or or you know say anything uh, unkind about anyone, but the advice that is often offered in of, often offered in the business world is to kind of suggest that you have that magic wand and that you can solve this problem with this best technique. And like that is just not true. <laughs> it is just not true. And so. There is this need to have a, a, a like a collection of tools that we can draw upon. When it comes to anxiety or any other difficult thing that we might be feeling, not every tool is going to work for every person, nor is every tool going to work for you in the same way every single time. And I, and I, and I wish that wasn't true. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to tell you that. I wish I could be like, I have got the magic. And I will share it with you here and sprinkle it upon everyone. But the reality is that for this human body, this human life, so much of what we do to support ourselves is repetitive, is um, trial and error, is experimental, is 
necessary and makes a difference even if it doesn't completely eradicate the issue that we're having. And, you know, like that is just, that is, that is the truth. I will tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I no longer experience anxiety in the way that I used to, which was debilitating. It was awful. I do not experience that anymore. I have moments that feel like that, but I don't have that as my overall um, sense of self, sense of being. To me, that is almost like a magic wand because it changed my life. It changed my experience. However, it would be remiss of me not to point out that I still experience those feelings. And when you use the tools and the ideas and the things that I'm sharing here, there's a chance that you won't eradicate anxiety from your life completely. There is a chance that some of the tools will not feel like a good fit, either anytime or some of the time. And that should not put us off from exploring and trusting ourselves to be able to navigate what feels supportive to us, what feels good to us, what feels like it is the sign of safety or the support that we need now. Yeah, rant over. (laughs) So know what brings you joy. Know what allows you to ground in the moment, to be um, able to expand your awareness beyond the anxiety. Not necessarily trying to deny it, push it away, ignore it, numb it, etc. But knowing that you are able to engage in these things that make you feel more supported, more grounded, more joyful. Third point is self-kindness and compassion. And this to me, if I said there was no hierarchy here, but I, or no particular order of these points, I would put this one at the top of the hierarchy every single time. And here's why. We talked before about, um, we talked before, I, I want to stop flapping my hand around. I noticed that on the recording, it's quite distracting. I apologize. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm talking to you. If you're listening, you don't get the, the pleasure of seeing my hands flapping around like a little bit. Um, we talked before about how our brain is this safety scanning machine or threat scanning machine. Some of the threat that we experience comes from ourself. When we are criticizing, berating, speaking down to, punishing ourselves. And we do this a lot. And we are kidding ourselves if we don't think that that contributes to how we feel and how we think. Now, I say this with a lot of love and a lot of compassion because I know what it feels like. And me sort of saying that in a fairly firm way is not to blame, shame, or make anyone feel bad about the fact that that's what they're doing. Because we all do it. We all have the mean inner critic. It comes with the territory of being human. Self-kindness and compassion is intentional and it is a skill. And it is a skill that is so worth getting better at. I was going to say mastering, getting better at. It is a way of being able to acknowledge our discomfort, our imperfection, our challenges without shame, without blame, without guilt, and to be able to hold ourselves in compassion, to be able to move ourselves in the direction that we want with kindness. And that 
is possibly the greatest sense of safety that we could offer ourselves at all, right? The biggest one, because it creates this foundation of inner safety because you're committed to being your own best friend. You're committed to being this soft place to land. You're committed to being this kind, loving partner to yourself, right? And your body. And so to me, that is the greatest skill to practice. It allows us to layer in lots of other tools because we're coming at them from this desire to be kind, from this desire to have a loving relationship with ourselves. And like I said, this doesn't just like happen. It is very intentional. It is not without its challenges, but it is so, so worth it. And so when it comes to anxiety, that ability to acknowledge like this is really hard. I am experiencing feelings of anxiety. It is uncomfortable and I do not like it. And in this moment, I have a deep compassion for myself and I'm going to lead with my commitment to self-kindness to navigate what next. Which leads me on to point number four. If anxiety kind of stops you in your tracks, these feelings of anxiety, these anxious feelings kind of stop you from doing something that matters to you. An example that I really um, think is useful here is, um, you know, you want to be doing more yoga. Let's just use that as an example. You want to be moving your body more in a mindful way. And you are really anxious about what, what other people will think. You're anxious about whether the kids will need you while you're doing that class. You're anxious about all the other things that are not going to get done if you decide to spend an hour on your yoga mat. If you let that anxiety move you away from what it is that you want, which is the time on your yoga mat, then we're not living aligned with the values that matter to us. We're kind of allowing that anxiety to drive. And so point number four is to know what you, what your values are right? To know what it is that you want to move towards, how you want to show up, how you want to relate to yourself. My number one value, particularly as it relates to to the relationship that I want with myself is, surprise, surprise, no surprise, self-kindness. That is my number one value. You could interchange it with self-love, but that is absolutely my number one value. And so I can move I can sort of send my um, plans or my thoughts through that filter of like, does this action align with that desire to be self-kind? And it can be a way of helping us to move towards what it is that we want, even in the midst of anxiety or anxious feelings. That sounds easy, right? Like the way that I'm saying it, it kind of makes it sound really easy. And I recognize that it's not always. And this is where that extra support layer can come in super handy to have somebody to be there to help you work through and like identify like, what are my values? What do I, what does matter to me? What do I want to move towards? How do I make space for those anxious feelings as I take that action that maybe feels uncomfortable, but deeply aligned with what I want? So you know, I recognize that um, it is more complicated than just being like, well, I know my value and I'm going to move in that direction. It can be that simple, but often it doesn't feel that simple, right? And I and I 100% um, get that. So they're my four highlight points from 
the masterclass inside the Self-Kind Hub. As I mentioned, if you want to go deeper, if you want to hear more about that, then you can absolutely sign up to be a member of the hub and get into that masterclass and watch the replay. Um, We've got some more resources in the hub around like guided audios and things to help support this process as well. But if um, hopefully these points as well really kind of give you some food for thought, I'm going to run over the top line of those again, just so that we've got them all kind of like, what were those four points again? Uh, So number one was your identity. We don't want it to be wrapped up in this sort of like persona of being an anxious person. So use your language wisely. I am experiencing feelings of anxiety rather than I am an anxious person or I am anxious. Know what your signs of safety are. Know what brings you joy. Know what helps you feel present, grounded, etc. Self-kindness and compassion, period, full stop, and knowing your values. I am going to link up a few other episodes in the show notes as resources. There is an episode with my friend, Laura Jean, talking about living a values-led life. I think that could be really useful here. Um, And I'm going to link up the joy inventory, which I've shared before, but that is a worksheet that you can print out and it just um, helps you to kind of like note down some of these things of like what brings you joy, what allows you to feel that sense of joy seeking that out more often. So I'm going to link up those things in the show notes. You will also find a link to the unlocking shoulder tension, uh, five day challenge down there. I had to think about what that was called. Um, we kick off at the end of May. So if you're listening in real time, it's about two and a half, three weeks away. Um, head to ericaweb.com.au forward slash shoulders to sign up for that. Um, and that is enough things I think to tell you in one day, in one podcast. So thank you so very much for listening. I hope that you found this helpful. If you did, I would love if you would come and tell me all about it. Let me know what was the most helpful. Um, I'm always here for it. If you've got requests, questions, I'm here for that as well. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And until next week, keep being kind to yourself and I'll talk to you again then. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Bye.